Welcome to the Sunday Morning Message with Pastor Nick Stringer, brought to you from Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. Creekside Church, where the Spirit flows. Good morning again. Thank you for that reading, Ellie. That was beautiful. That was the Christmas story as told in the Holy Scriptures. Ellie had prepared that to read for us on at Christmas time, but as you know, with the weather, she was unable to do so, and I said, well, she deserves her chance, by golly, and she got it, and she knocked it out of the park. Great job there, and if you were coming today to look for a forward-thinking New Year's, e- New Year's message, um, here's the point for you today. Tie up loose ends and finish unfinished business and that's what we're going to do today we're going to finish some unfinished business we were going through jesus in the psalms and we didn't get to have christmas here so we're going to deliver a message here that i was going to deliver in a two-part series the first part christmas eve the second part christmas morning we're going to do it all here this morning and finish some unfinished business so here we are Jesus in the Psalms, the final message, my soul waits for the Lord. And this was taken out of Psalm 130. My soul waits for the Lord, the fourth and final message of Jesus in the Psalms. Next week, we'll get into the forward-thinking 2023 message. And we're going to start a four-week series called How to Read the Bible. So everybody will want to be in attendance for that. And we'll teach you how to read the Bible, <laughs> not just open it up, but some perspectives and some new ways, new ways of thinking in order to get the most out of your Bible reading experience. So what we're going to learn today is this. Christmas teaches us that Jesus will come again. And my friends, the second coming of Jesus will be more glorious than his first you know, that's what teach, uh, Christmas teaches us, is that Jesus will come again, that he will fulfill his promise. When Amy and I bought our first house in Okeana, uh those that owned it previously moved out, at least we thought they did. We got in to take ownership of the house, and there was stuff everywhere. I went out into the barn, and there were paint cans filling and just old equipment and stuff. They didn't take any of that with them. And so I was tasked with having to do that. You know, when you buy a house, you expect it to be ready to walk into and ready to, for you to settle into. But with all that stuff there, it made me feel like they're coming back. <laughs> they're not moving out. My friends, and that's what the birth of Jesus Christ at Christmas teaches us about Christ. He is coming back. He will come again and he will keep his promise. So what we want to talk about today is why the birth of Jesus is significant to us. Number one, we can trust God to keep his promises. The Lord always accomplishes his word. Lamentations. Lamentations is a book that was written by Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet because he endured a lot of hardship 
He was beaten. He was placed in stocks. And he was thrown into a cistern to die. The cistern didn't have any water in it. It was filled with mud. But the scripture tells us that he sank into the mud. And he was left there to die. Only to have been rescued. Jeremiah suffered much hardship. And endured much suffering. And what Jeremiah teaches us. Is that no matter what we endure. Or what we experience. Or the hard times that come our way. We can still find rest and peace. Because God keeps his word and God keeps his promises and Lamentations 2:17 says the Lord has done what he proposed he has accomplished his word which he commanded from the days of old for over 4,000 years God's people waited while the ungodly turned away from God like a classroom full of children with a substitute teacher the ungodly do what the ungodly do. They do the things that come to their own mind. While the godly, the righteous, wait patiently for the coming again of the Lord. And that's exactly what the birth of Jesus Christ meant. It meant that the wait was over. The waiting room. The waiting room is one of the most difficult places to be. It's there in the waiting room where you have this agonizing feeling of the unexpected. But it's also in the waiting room where we can have joyful expectation. The waiting room is one of those great conundrums in life. You know, I can recall many times where I've been in a waiting room waiting on news of someone that you care deeply about not knowing what to expect not knowing their condition not receiving any information and each minute that passes seems like an eternity but then i've also been in a waiting room with joyful expectation knowing that a new child may have been on the way and just couldn't wait the waiting room is one of the most difficult places to be because waiting is difficult in and of itself. Sin has conditioned us to not want to be able to wait. And now we live in a microwave society where we expect to have things right now at the click of a button, at the pressing of an icon on a device. We want it and we want it now and we're simply not going to get it. The Lord does not operate that way. We may live in a microwave society, but the Lord is still on a slow cooker. He is going to do things on his time. He is going to do things according to his plan and his purpose. And so we need to train our soul to wait for the Lord and one of the ways that we can do that is to fully commit to this right here is that he keeps his promises. He is faithful to do that. The wait is difficult, but the waiting is necessary. Someone who waited for the Lord was a man named Simeon. And we can read about him in Luke chapter 2 as well, the passage that Ellie read from. 
He was a man who was promised by God that he would not see death until he saw the Lord's Christ. And when Mary and Joseph brought the baby Christ to the temple to have him dedicated, Simeon laid his eyes on the Christ child and there came to his mind and heart the promise that God had kept to him and that he knew right then and there that God fulfilled his promise and he lifted that Christ child up and he said, thank you, dear God, for keeping your promise to me and allowing me to see this child. The scripture says, Simeon took him into his arms and blessed God and said, now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. The Lord will keep his promise. And when Jesus was born, it also meant that God remembered. My friends, God does not forget. Many times we walk through this life in the valleys of the shadow of death. And it feels as if God has forgotten us. And we think to ourselves, God, where are you? But he promises never to leave us nor forsake us. For 4,000 years, the world waited for the fulfillment of the prophecy of the Christ child. And when God delivered, it meant that God remembered my friends, I want to tell you this morning, God remembers you. He has not forgotten you. He has not left you. He is there with us now. And he promises never to leave. And because God remembers and because God keeps his promise, it means that we can trust the Bible. We can trust the Bible. All scripture is God breathed. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God. Now that would be a good uh, section right there for you to highlight, for you to underline, for you to circle, for you to remember. And what that means right there in the Greek, that word inspired by God, it means it is God breathed. It means that God breathed out the very words of the Bible into our presence and the words that we have today are the same words that were written in the original languages by the original writers they have not shifted they have not varied they are the same the bible is the most validated and authenticated document in history nothing else even comes close there is not a close second there are well over 25,000 manuscripts that validate and give authenticity to the scriptures the dead sea scrolls themselves found in 1947 give authenticity to the very fact that what we have today has never been changed the words that we have today are the same words that were written down by the original writers thousands of years ago. Over 1,500 years, over 40 different writers composed the scriptures. And we have more manuscripts, more physical evidence 
to validate and authenticate what we have today. My dear friends, there is not another document in human history that even comes close. Nothing. The Bible blows it out of the water and the word of God is living and active and it will endure forever. You can't kill it. You can't get rid of it. It's always going to be around and it is always going to validate itself and it always does. You know, over 700 years before Jesus was born, the Old Testament prophets, Isaiah and Micah, they gave a prophecy of the coming of Jesus Christ. Micah 5.2 says this, But as for you, Bethlehem, too little to be among the clans of Judah from you. One will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Isaiah 7.14 says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies. So let's talk a little math. Mathematically speaking, the odds of one person fulfilling only eight of these prophecies is, one, is 10 to the 17th power. That's 10 and 17 zeros after it. That is the odds of one person fulfilling just eight of those prophecies. One person fulfilling 48 of the biblical prophecies of the coming of Christ has a chance of 10 to the 157th power. Those are astronomical odds. And Jesus Christ fulfilled them. He didn't fulfill eight. He didn't fulfill 48. He fulfilled over 300 prophecies in the scriptures. Jesus Christ is Lord, God, and King. You know, your odds of getting struck by lightning are one in one million. In October of 2018, the Powerball reached a jackpot of $1.6 billion. Your odds of winning that were one in 302 million. My friends, Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law and the prophets, and he did just that. Because Scripture is God-breathed, it means it can say things that other documents cannot say. If you have taken any time to study other religions, which I have, and read some of their documentation, which I have, and you compare it to Scripture... I have this to say, it is very embarrassing to read some of the other documentation of other religions because you can tell it is written by a human being. It's very elementary in its thinking and it can't see outside its own way of thinking. Unlike scripture, the words of the Bible, the Holy Bible, written by over 40 different authors over a period of 1,500 years who had no way of communicating with each other. The words of Scripture line up with each other from hundreds, thousands of years in the past to the time that some of these were written. A man cannot do that. A man cannot duplicate that. It is all God-breathed and written by God himself. We can trust 
the Bible. Now, because God keeps his promises and because we can trust uh, the Bible, this also leads us to understand what the first coming of Jesus Christ as his birth as a child in a manger, what it means for us in the future. And it means two things. Number one, Jesus will establish his kingdom on earth. Jesus will bring everlasting peace. You know, Jesus is known as the prince of peace. And there will come a time on this earth where he will usher in a time of unprecedented peace. Listen to what the scriptures have to say in Isaiah chapter 11. I'm going to read to you verses 6 and 8. The wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the young lion and a fatling together, and a little boy will lead them. Also the cow and the bear will graze. Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The nursing child will play by the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child will put his hand on the viper's den. My friends, this is a picture of what is known as the millennial kingdom. It is a time where Jesus Christ will come to this earth and he will usher in a time of great peace and prosperity as we have never seen before. Did you see the imagery in the scriptures there? Did that become clear in your mind? A little boy will lead a young lion a cow and a bear will graze together. The nursing child will play by the hole of a cobra. And the weaned child will put his hand in a viper's den. Can you imagine that? Those are things that you do not see now. And those are things that you never will see until Jesus Christ comes back and establishes his kingdom on the earth. Revelation 11:15 says, then the seventh angel sounded and there were loud voices in heaven saying the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he will reign forever and ever. There's a lot of things that are going on in this world right now. They simply will not stand when Jesus Christ comes and establishes his kingdom of peace. My friends, there will not be sickness. There will not be disease. There will not be violence. There will not be death. There will not be destruction. There will not be cheating or slander or gossip. There will not be adulteries and fornications. There will not be little backbiting. There will not be people playing unfair, deceitful little games. None of that will stand. It will not stand. It will not stand. It will not stand. It will all be washed away. It will all be washed clean. It will all go away into eternity as Jesus Christ establishes his perfect kingdom of perfect peace. How I look forward to that day. 
How I look forward to the time where Jesus Christ will establish a time on this earth where all things will be made new again. Where all things will go into their proper place. I saw a, an advertisement for a t-shirt just the other day. And it said, normal isn't coming back. Jesus is. Normal isn't coming back. Jesus is. And I have tried for almost two years now to get that to sink into your mind and your heart. Because still, many people seem to think that through elections and politics and various works that we're going to restore a type of goodness that we've not seen before or that we had in the past. My dear friends, give up that struggle. Put that burden aside and just put your hope and trust in Jesus Christ because that's where the future is. There is no future in America. And I'm not saying that to be a pessimist, but I'm just telling you the truth. There's no hope in the world. There's no hope in the people of the world. There's only hope in the Lord and what he has planned and what he has in store. Please, please lay all those things aside and just put your trust and hope in Jesus and Jesus alone. You can't add to him. You can't take away from him. Just come to Jesus. Lay your soul open and bare and come to him. Like a naked child, come to him. Lay all those burdens aside and just surrender to the God of all creation because normal isn't coming back. My friends, Jesus will also bring all creation to its final state. And that means he will bring everything to its eternal rest. Jesus will set all things in their proper order. You know, Christmas and New Year's usually brings with it a time of family gatherings and parties and, and lots of uh, time together, which is good, which is good. And, you know, one of the great memories I have with raising children is Christmas mornings, right? Christmas mornings, the kids run out there and there's wrapping paper and there's uh, everything you can imagine. Wrappings on the floor and, and you're looking at that and you're seeing, you know, the joy and the excitement. And those little styrofoam pieces that they put in the packaging too. You just can't get them off your hand, right? You're like... In the garbage, in the styrofoam, it, it just comes back, doesn't it? It just static. <laughs> it just comes. You just can't get rid of it. But all of those things, and then when the party's over and the fun's all over and the cleanup begins, you begin to put the new things into their proper place, make room for the things that were just received, and you begin to clear the wrappings off the floor. And I believe that the Lord looks down upon the world with that same type of mindset with an opportunity for restoration. What he sees now, what is happening now, while it's not a surprise to him, 
nor is it anything too difficult for him to endure or anything too difficult for him to fix. He looks upon it with this hopeful expectation. You could say that the Lord himself is in the waiting room. The Lord himself is waiting for his opportunity at the perfect moment to establish his perfect peace and his perfect tranquility on the earth. And when that moment comes, he's going to gather up the wrappings. He's going to gather up the trash, all the little styrofoam pieces, and he's going to put them where they belong for all eternity. But you, my dear friends, are his precious new gifts. You are the things that he is making room for now to keep and to preserve. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Do you see, my friends, the spirit of Christmas? God is making room for you now. You are his gift. And he is a, his gift to you was Jesus. He will bring all creation to its final state. Listen to what it says in Isaiah 25, 8. He will swallow up death for all time, and the Lord God will wipe tears away from all faces. He will remove the reproach of his people from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. Revelation 21, 27. Nothing unclean, and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it, referring to the kingdom. But only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Those who believe in him, who love him, will always be with him in a place called heaven. James 5, 7, and 8, and I want to encourage you with these scriptures. You can write these down and look at them later. James 5, Verses 7 and 8. Therefore be patient brethren. Until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil. Being patient about it. Until it gets the early and late rains. You also be patient. Strengthen your hearts. For the coming of the Lord is near. Hebrews 9.28 So Christ also having been offered once to bear the sins of many will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. Micah chapter 7 verse 7. But as for me, I will watch expectantly for the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Friends, does your soul Wait for the Lord. Let's bow in prayer. Father God in heaven, I want to thank you that you are a God who endures all of our mis mischief. A God who sees the thoughts of our mind, the intents of our heart. And while they're not always pure, to put it mildly, 
You see that in us. You see the deception that we work with at times. You see the falsehoods. You see the things that we try to get away with. You see all that. And yet, you have decided to love us. And you have decided to not leave us. And you have decided to give us a free will opportunity to come to you in full surrender. Father, what a God you are. I know I feel unworthy. I know that I feel undeserving. But it is refreshing and it is a relief to know that my hope doesn't have to be in me. But it's fully in you and who you are and what you have done and what you promise to do. Heavenly Father, for the soul who is impatient and for the soul who doesn't wait for you, now's the time. What are you waiting for? Come to the Lord now. Put your trust and your faith in Him. He promises to be with you in the midst of your greatest hardships and your struggles. Surrender it all to Him now. Lord Jesus, I surrender to you as God and King. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Father, we thank you that you are compassionate. That you are always kind. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sunday message by Pastor Nick Stringer at Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. For more information, you can go to www.creekside-church.org and find us on the website. Once again, you've been listening to the Sunday message with Pastor Nick Stringer.